You can build the life you've always desired. You can become the person you want to be. You don't have to listen to society. You can step into your inner power and your truths and set yourself free. Welcome to episode two of the Writing to Inspire podcast, everyone, with your host, Jamal Kadora. And for those of you who are new to this podcast, please feel free to follow my Instagram page at Writing to Inspire. It's all one word. I post my poetry and prose on there. And we have a wonderful, vibrant, loving community that has fostered an atmosphere for growth, encouragement, and self-fulfillment. And speaking of this community, a member gave me episode two's topic. She asked, why do hurt people hurt people? And when she reached out and messaged me this, I said, you know what? I have a lot to say about that, so why not make a podcast episode about it? And here we are. Everybody has read that phrase somewhere. Hurt people hurt people. Or if you've heard it on another show. And it really resonates with today's society. We have a lot of wounded, traumatized, unhealed people. And I say this very lovingly because I myself come from such a background. And I currently work through this hurt and this trauma. But we have a lot of people who are hurting others. People who are negligent. They're running away from love, from compassion, from empathy, from the very characteristics that could cultivate a safe space for them. We've watched people shun good friends. Walk away from seemingly good relationships. So in this episode, I'm going to take you through the reason that, excuse me, the reasons that hurt people hurt people. And this is me coming at you totally unrehearsed and unscripted. So enjoy. The number one reason would be distrust. When I came from a far more hurt background, where my wounds and my childhood traumas were dictating my life, I never believed people's intentions. Let me give you an example. As many of you know from the Writing to Inspire community, and for those of you who listened to episode one, I was in a four-year relationship. And at the beginning of that relationship, if my partner would take a long time to reply to a text, my head was in a frenzy. I felt the core wounds of abandonment, of being forgotten, of not being worthy. And was that her intent? Absolutely not. But that's how my hurt mind framed the context. That is what I projected onto the situation. And that's what you see with others because they carry these wounds. They project their misconceptions, their fears, and their insecurities onto their friends, their romantic partners, their family members, and so on and so forth. And when you come from a paradigm of distrust, and it's hard for you to accept kindness or to really trust in the authenticity of it, you will sabotage it without realizing. And I was even doing that. If my partner's time took a while to answer in the beginning of the relationship, obviously I've come a long way, it's a side note, but if she took a long time to answer, I would then take a long time to answer, or I would be dry, I would be short, 
and I would be combative. All acts of self-sabotage that were subconsciously lurking and waiting to repel someone because I didn't trust people. I internalized everything. And that's what we see. Subconscious projections that are stemmed from people's hurt, people's insecurity, people's troubled pasts. It's hard for you to believe in the authenticity and the genuineness of someone when you've been disappointed, when you've been let down, when you've been abandoned. And when you don't take the time to heal those wounds, they resurface in the present. And they manifest in your current relationships or friendships or endeavors. So it's really important, it's imperative on the individual to assess it, what, excuse me, what they tell themselves about their reality. I had to do that with me. I had to realize that, wow, this is a recurring theme in my life. I have trust issues. I fear abandonment. I always think I'm unworthy or I'm not good enough. And it took me so long to get to the root of those problems. The cause of why I felt the need to sabotage. And again, I didn't even realize I was doing this. And not many people do. Not many people realize that they have mechanisms in place, inbuilt mechanisms to sabotage beautiful moments and opportunities. To repel good, kind lovers. To push away from nice, genuine friends. And that was me. Trust issues. If you are a distrusting person, you will push away. Because you will never trust in the legitimacy of another's kindness. You'll always believe that there are hidden intentions. You will always be suspicious of why someone's doing something. Another thing is fear. When you're operating from a paradigm of fear, you will never fully invest yourself. And if you're not fully invested, no matter what it is in life, whether it be a business endeavor, a friendship, a relationship, a project, what's going to happen? That project will inevitably have shortcomings and more than likely collapse. Hurt people are afraid. They're afraid of dealing with that hurt. They're afraid of having somebody shatter their hearts again. So what do they do? They withhold parts of themselves. They're not going to be as honest. They're not going to be as upfront about their feelings and their emotions. I'll refer back to myself. So I would take moments of space and silence from my partner during our four-year relationship. And what would this do? It would leave room for doubt on her end. Because rather than coming to her and expressing to her that, hey, I was hurt by this action, or hey, I'm carrying this insecurity, so when you take hours to reply, this is how I feel, she would misinterpret my silence as carelessness. So I was depriving both myself and her of the honesty 
that could nudge us forward, that could grow the relationship and create spaces for flourishment. Because fear is a huge factor. It's critical. I was so afraid of being invested in something. Because I feared the pain of heartache. I feared the misery and disappointment of failure. But I've since amended my views of failure, and I'll make a podcast on that later. I have all these ideas now, right? Fear dictates a huge part of our life. Because we think we're protecting ourselves. A hurt person who's hurting people thinks they're protecting themselves by operating fearfully. Like, oh, if I withhold this part of myself and I'm not overly vulnerable, uh, you know, that means my feelings aren't deeping and I'll be okay. But the most beauty and the most intimacy are found in depth. In the moments where you're completely transparent and vulnerable. Because that's where you determine what you truly have with a person. That's where you determine the fortitude of your relationship. But you're robbing yourself of those experiences and of that growth because you're afraid. And that causes a huge disconnect in a relationship. Or in a friendship or in any endeavor. Fear. Fear and distrust, especially when they're coupled together wreak havoc on an individual's ability to forge a healthy, loving relationship. The next thing would be anger. Hurt people are typically angry because they've never had a chance or they've never given themselves a chance to process their hurt, to process the lessons they can glean from prior experiences to then build better moments in the future, to then forge a kinder, softer individual within. I was angry. So what would I do rather than process this hurt? I would lash out on my partner, on friends, on family members. Instead of actually expressing myself, I would just rage. I would unleash To the point where, I'll never forget it, my partner, and to her credit at the time, wonderful woman, she really, really opened my eyes because she said, you know, this was like, oh man, four years ago, but it really opened my eyes. She said, why is it that you always have to get so aggressive and hostile in your tone? Why can't you just be calmer? And that hit me. And especially because she had always deployed such a kind and genuine tone. And I said, yeah, why do I deploy a wrathful, vengeful tone with people? And then I realized that I was carrying a lot of hurt. When you don't process that hurt, and you allow that hurt to carry on as false narratives, such as, people always betray me, I'm not good enough, or I'm unworthy you automatically have those thoughts projected onto your current situations. So example, when other people hurt me in the past and I misconstrued their actions as me not being worthy rather than representative of their own inner turmoil, I internalized a lot of anger. So when I arrived to my four-year relationship at the time, the beginning of it, I carried on other people's actions 
and projected them onto my then partner. That's what hurt does. That's what anger does. When you're angry, you're not seeing clearly. And you're internalizing all of this anger, all of this wrath, rather than processing and dissecting the past to see, okay, it's not that I'm unworthy, it's just that this person was incapable of showing up because of reason X. Or it's not that I'm too much, it's just this person couldn't meet me because they just came out of a bad relationship or they have their own past traumas to heal. If you allow anger to fuel you and you allow it to fester within, you will always misjudge people's actions and you'll never see clearly. And I was victimized by my own anger. Lashing out all the time, refusing to see both sides of the story, allowing past narratives to run rampantly and to ravage my current experiences. And it took me a while to come to terms with these things. It took me a very long time. And I see hurt people hurting people all the time. Hurt people have hurt me. And I have been that hurt person who hurt others. The fourth reason is trauma. 90 to 95% of what we do, psychologically speaking, is subconscious. And when you have a traumatized subconscious mind, you do things without even realizing that you're doing them. You can't accept things without even realizing that you struggle. So for example, and I know that I reference my four-year relationship a lot, but it was a huge part of my life. It became a focal point. Because it was a space of immense and tremendous growth and learning. I had a partner who really, really cared about me and was just so kind and loving to me. But I always identified love as an unsafe place subconsciously. I didn't know that. It boils down to my attachment style. And I'll do a podcast episode on that. I actually am going to have a guest as well a uh, great psychologist I know. But my earliest associations of love, given my childhood and my past experiences, were that it was unsafe. It was unhealthy. It was chaotic. So if something wanted, if someone wanted to love me, I was repelled. I couldn't trust that they would be there. I couldn't trust that love was a safe space. Because subconsciously speaking, I was always showed that love was terrifying, that love was the most, excuse me, that love was just all over the place and unpredictable, that it wouldn't show up and take care of me. So I resisted it with everything in me. I resisted another's ability to love me. And I want us to be kinder and more compassionate to hurt people. Because... Hurt people don't, okay, for the most part, when we read that phrase, hurt people, hurt people, we're not, we don't need to attack these people. Nobody's, these people are not going around intentionally trying to hurt people. I know I wasn't. It's just we all have these subconscious paradigms ruling over our lives. We all have these wounds that control us. 
and spur us in directions that we don't even realize we're headed in. I was that hurt person, and I didn't mean to hurt my ex at the time. I didn't mean to hurt other women I ended up talking to. I didn't mean to hurt friends and family. So we want to develop a space of compassion and understanding and transparency so that we can help people heal and so that we can heal ourselves. And I draw a fine line between tolerance and compassion. You can be compassionate towards someone without tolerating their behavior. I'm not telling you you have to sit and be someone's doormat or perpetually endure their harsh words or their absence and disappearing or their selfishness or whatever it is. You don't have to endure it, but you can take some time to understand it. You can take some time to empathize and realize that, hey, this goes beyond me. This world is so much greater than me. People aren't hurting you because you're unworthy. Or because you're bad. Or because you're unlovable. All of the false, hurtful narratives we tell one another. They're hurting you because they're hurt. And these hurt paradigms are presiding over their lives. These hurt paradigms are causing them to march in different directions. These hurt paradigms are wreaking havoc on their heart and their souls. So let's be a little bit more patient, a little bit more compassionate. So we went through some of the reasons we had. Uh, there's distrust, there's trauma, there's fear, and there's anger. And those are huge, critical reasons that really, really impact the way a person sees the world. And I want you to think about that for yourself. I want you to see where your fear and your trauma and your distrust and your anger have surfaced. And what have they caused you to see with others? How have they caused you to overreact? And then you can apply the same scenario to loved ones. How has your current partner or your ex has reacted because of these things? And what could you learn? And how could you redefine yourself and your perceptions going forward? That's what we want to do in these situations. We don't want to stay stuck. It's okay to have these misconceptions temporarily, but it's not okay to keep them. It's not okay to continuously allow them to rule our lives. Because you are worthy of love and you are worthy of acceptance and you are worthy of kindness. And if you're that hurt person, I am expressing the utmost empathy, compassion, and tenderness to you. Because I know what it's like to come from that background. I know what it's like to need somebody to understand. I know what it's like to be so hurt and to feel so lost. And that's another reason. Being lost. Hurt people are typically so hurt that they don't have a sense of direction. They wouldn't even be able to sustain a healthy, loving relationship because a healthy, loving relationship is headed towards somewhere and a hurt person is not. A hurt person tends to be so lost in themselves that they can't see clearly. That they don't have a good sense of purpose, of direction. They're kind of wading through uncharted territory 
wading through murky waters, awaiting salvation. I was that individual. I always thought that, you know, I needed someone to save me. I needed someone to help me. I needed someone to come and show me the way. Because I was lost. Mentally, I was. And when you're lost, how do you expect to enjoy and indulge in something that's not? It intimidates you. Next, hurt people are typically insecure. Hurt people don't believe subconsciously or consciously that they're worthy of someone loving them. Because they don't see themselves the way that the lover sees them or the friend of the family member sees them. If you're someone who is in love with another individual, you see that individual very differently than they see themselves. You could be looking at them through a more secure lens and they look at themselves through an insecure lens. You see them as beautiful, they see themselves as ugly. You see them, excuse me, you see them as funny, they see themselves as dull and boring. You see them as intelligent, and they see themselves as dumb and worthless. And that their opinion is of no consequence. So of course, it's going to be hard for them to accept a love that defies their own ideal of themselves. Their own perception. Because it rouses things in them that they're unfamiliar with. Love is a powerful tool. And if you're insecure, love conjures the worst of your insecurities. Because it forces you to face them. Because you want to keep this love. You want to sustain this love. You want to be worthy of this love, even though you already are inherently worthy. And so you do things to make sure that you're worthy. You overcompensate. And what happens when we overcompensate? We push people away. Because we read too much into things. We allow our insecurities to take command rather than allowing our natural selves to flow through. So hurt people are insecure. They don't believe that someone can really love them. They always think that they have to be more. That they're not enough. I was that way. I didn't believe that I was inherently worthy. And I don't say this to garner pity. I say this because I am an advocate of transparency, of openness. And if I expect others to be open and transparent, I'm going to be open and transparent myself. I always felt like I had to be more. I felt like I had to be this multifaceted, extremely talented individual to elicit a woman's love. When I was younger, that's why I thought I had to go to the gym. I thought I had to be buffer. Or I thought I had to play guitar. I thought I had to make myself stand out in some way, <clears throat> excuse me, that would attract a woman. Where I would be so interesting that she'd have no choice but to fall in love with me. So from that perspective, I understand the insecurity. I understand the doubt, the apprehension. Hurt people have a lot of baggage. Baggage in many cases that they've been carrying for years. And while it's not our responsibility to unpack their baggage for them, and to sift through the articles of pain, of trauma, of insecurity, doubt, and hurt. We can't empathize. And we can't understand that. 
in many cases, hurt people, hurt people inadvertently. Hurt people, hurt people unknowingly. Hurt people, hurt people regretfully. I have hurt many people on my path to healing. And I'm sure you have too. I'm sure, like me, you've said some things, you've done some things, you've walked away when you shouldn't have. You said farewell to beautiful opportunities, to people who genuinely wanted to love you and show up for you, to a job that could have been amazing, to a friend group that really could have helped you prosper. And you know what? All of that's okay. Because when you have a hurt paradigm running your life, you're going to sabotage the good. We've all been there. But the key is to realize, to become conscious, and to actively seek and toil for change. To begin redefining and reconfiguring these toxic paradigms that have no place in your life. Because you are worthy. You are enough. And you define your worth by the way you show up for you. Not by those who love you. Or those who fail to. And we have, in many cases, a fragmented, hurt, despondent society. So many people who are aching and who are longing for healing and they don't even know it. And your love could be a great tool to highlight that. And will your love force some people out of your lives unknowingly? And much to your dismay, it absolutely will. Will your love force people to see themselves in a light that they don't want to? To where it conjures and rouses their insecurities and then they project them onto you? It absolutely will. Will your love expel people to the borders of your heart? To the point where it breaks your heart? It absolutely will. But you love people anyway. Because you find your healing in your love. Your love not only highlights another's insecurities and unhealed wounds, it highlights yours too. And what a beautiful moment to take a breath, to reassess, and to see, okay, this is where I am. This is where I want to be. And this is the path to get there. I look at myself so compassionately because throughout the tenure of my four-year relationship, I was the hurt person hurting someone. And I was unaware for a lot of it. I thought it was all the typical things people spew. The men being afraid of commitment or me being too young and inexperienced. And yeah, youth and inexperience play a role. But the biggest factors are hurt, trauma, insecurities, attachment styles, all of these things that we weren't properly educated on. All of these things that really command us. And cause us to do things and act out so uncharacteristically. 
And I was having all of these unhealthy associations and all of this hurt that was really affecting me. Causing me to act out and be someone that I didn't want to be. I didn't choose any of these associations. I didn't pick to carry this baggage. And neither did any of you. But the beautiful thing is that we can change. We can unpack our mental traumas and sift through the articles of hurt, pain, insecurities, and trauma, and rebuild ourselves. We can reframe the way in which we see the world, and then cultivate a healthier, safer love for ourselves and for those around us. And while it is painful to have these realizations, while it is painful to realize how hurt we've been and how traumatized we've been, we can use this as fuel to improve. Because it offers in it a beautiful chance to change and to finally become the individual that we know we've always meant to be. Hurt people do hurt people. And it's unintentional. But it allows us a chance, again, to reframe our mind and to give ourselves another sense of direction. So I invite all of you on this journey with me to unpack your traumas, your wounds, and your hurt. Sit with them, clean the lessons, and move forward so that you can live a happier, healthier life. Thank you so much, and this was episode two. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Writing to Inspire podcast. Please be sure to give it five stars and leave a comment so that it spreads to other people. As always, I appreciate you, and happy healing.